Hello and welcome to the Life is Story podcast. I'm Josh Olds, and today you get the privilege of listening in to my conversation with Aaron Bartles, the author of The Words Between Us. So, Aaron, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Okay, so just to sort of set the stage, um, can you just give our listeners your sort of elevator pitch uh, for for your book? Sure, sure. Um, it centers around a woman named Robin Windsor who owns a used bookstore in a city that is uh, kind of a working marina type city uh, with a river running through it, freighters going by. And that, uh, that woman has been living under an assumed name for quite some time to escape uh, a scandal involving her parents when she was quite young. And the story goes back and forth between now and then, where you see her now in the used bookstore and the struggle she's having, and then when she first uh, left her parents and moved in with her grandmother in this little city in Michigan. And um, the story opens on the day her father is supposed to be executed for his crimes. And on that same day, she receives a, a package in the mail from... There's no name on it, but she knows who it's from, and uh, it's from one of these people from her past, and it's a book. And that starts this story of, you know, what happened with her parents, what happened with this person who is sending her books, and, and why, why are they making contact now? And she's quite afraid that um, this, little, this little life, this little anonymous life she's built is about to explode, and she's going to be exposed for who she really is. Now, th- there's, a, there's a lot that I want to get into with that. Um, okay. And uh, before we even get into page one, um, I, I just want to kind of talk about the title and the cover. I'm, I'm going to assume that the cover on the advanced reader copy that I got is going to be the final cover. At least I hope it is. Yes, it's just, it is. It's a beautiful cover. It's um, gorgeous. Everyone loves the cover. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's just amazing. So um, I don't I don't know who did that, but they, they did a very good job. Yeah. Um, the title. Um, what really struck me about the title is that with with, with so many books, I, I don't know. I, the, you know, the, the title always usually makes sense, um, but I really felt there was a, a depth to the words in this title, especially mm-hmm. um, the words between us, because that word mm-hmm. between has definitely has more than one meaning uh, in this. In, in this book in particular. Oh, certainly. Um, yeah. At what point did you decide on the title? Well, um, so it had a working title, which was a different title uh, for quite some time, and then when it went to the publisher, they discussed whether or not to use the working title, and usually publishers don't. Um, a lot of times authors aren't as good at titling their books as other people who work in the industry and I actually work in the industry and title a lot of other people's books. So I have a lot of experience with that, and I knew it was going to change. And um, so they'll have a titling committee that comes up with a lot of ideas. They send them your way, and you kind of say, oh, you know, I like this, I don't like that. And they sent a few things my way um, that I wasn't thrilled with. I was really hoping to get something that was a little more evocative, as you say. And um, at some point, I came up with the words between us, uh, and I don't, I don't recall if, if it was an actual line already in the book, but it is now. I don't know if I put that in later. <laughs> it's all a little muddy. But, um, but yeah, I, I really liked that because one of the big conceits of this book is that 
this woman, Robin, is getting all of these books in the mail day after day after day, these books from her past, and they're books that she shared with somebody in her past. And um, so there are literally these words between them, these books that they shared, uh, the little notes that they made in the margins. Um, there's poetry, things like that. Um, but also the things that they said to each other, the things they didn't say, the things they regret saying. And I think that a lot of people connect with that because we all have things that we regret saying or not saying to someone, whether we did it out loud or we wrote it in a letter or an email or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I really liked that we landed on this title. Yeah, yeah. I feel like from the very beginning you're really hit with the impact that words have, um, whether that's in conversation uh, whether that is in story, uh, whether that is in life. And I think it really sets yeah. the tone for the sort of thoughtful exploration that you get of words of story uh, in your book. Um, so it, it really, for me anyway, um, starting off reading the book and thinking, oh, this is a good title. Uh, oh, I see they're going with this. And then really as you as you go through the story, you begin to really see the depth of that. Um, mm. it, it really... I think it, I think it really accentuated the story for me um, to to like see that and understand that. Yeah, that's great. That means we got the right title, I think. So you you had mentioned um, that the storyline uh, is is separated into a then and a now. It's her past storyline and her current storyline, the past that she's running from, and the present that is hurtling toward this new you know this new issue. Um, uh, you know, she owns a, a small bookstore. Uh, like most small bookstores, it's not doing that well. She has a plan, or really, her friends have a plan uh, to try to save it. Uh, you're going back and forth, back and forth in these storylines uh, during the writing process. Did, did you find yourself writing linearly? Like, did you know when these storylines were going to shift, or did you spend time writing this storyline and then, okay, I've gotten to a point there? I go back and I write the other one, and then you figure out how to divide the story later on. That's a good question. I actually did write it in the order it's uh, in the order that you read it. So I always went back and forth, and um, I did that with uh, my first book too, that came out in January. There were three storylines, and I wrote them in this in the order that you read them. And I think I do that because I I like. I like um, building the story all at once, and I think you get a more cohesive whole story when you're going back and forth between timelines if you, if you have the whole in mind. So I didn't write the, the first part, uh, all the now stuff or, or all the then stuff um, as backstory or anything like that, and then piece it together. I wrote chapter by chapter the way that you read it. Did you feel like that uh, then you have to outline uh, more to make sure that you know you know where your stopping point is at, or do you feel like it, it just came off as organic for you? Um, I don't outline well. I, I definitely have an idea of where a story is going ultimately, uh, but as it develops, uh, I, I'm writing it as it develops because when I when I completely outline something, I kind of lose interest in actually writing it because I feel like I already have. <laughs> Um, so you get more fun, at least I do, more enjoyment out of the writing process if you're discovering things as you go along. And so what I tend to do is, is write forward until it feels like a natural stopping point. And I like to stop chapters where there's some sort of question that will keep you moving on to the next one. Um, and so 
you kind of stop before you satisfy people with a chapter and, and then you go on to a different one. And I like the now and then using it in that way so that you, you don't lose interest and you don't forget what's happening in mm. the other timeline. Right, right, yeah. Um, one of your more interesting characters, I thought, and um, correct me on the pronunciation if I get it wrong here, uh, but it was uh, Dot Pi? Um, dot P. P, okay. Dot P. Dot P. Yeah. I, I really appreciated her character um, for what she brought to the story. And just also the fact that there was a a minority character um, mm-hmm. or a character that has the, the immigrant or refugee past. And it's just mm-hmm. presented as a matter of fact. It's not necessarily the big mm-hmm. focal point. It doesn't come right. into play later in the story. I feel like so often uh, in 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 books that we we feel like we have to have a reason to have a minority character and the fact that mm. we just put someone in uh and it was just like well this is just the way life is um it was sure. really re- it was really refreshing to me so uh, how did you how did you come come up with her character well it's interesting i i live in lansing michigan and it's a rather diverse town it's only 60 some percent white uh and we have a lot of refugees from a lot of different places in um, the world who settle in Lansing. And one of those groups, uh, actually there's a number of groups from Burma, um, and one of those groups is called Chin. And we have had, um, at our church, we had a Chin refugee congregation wanted to find a building to worship in. And so they came to us around, I think it was maybe 2008, 2009, somewhere around there and asked if they could use our building. And so we developed a really long, uh, great relationship with them. And I spent about seven or eight years uh, with one family in particular, teaching English, helping the school-age kids with their homework, uh, because they didn't speak any English when they came, and there are no uh, resources for their language. Um, There's one Chin English Dictionary, which it's not English Chin, so I couldn't look up English words and and express them in Chin. They could only look up Chin words and expre- try to express them in English. And so we, we spent quite a long time just looking at a picture dictionary and, um, you know, slowly through the years, uh, the, young, the kids especially since they're going to school and they're interacting more with people who are speaking English, um, have done a great job. Uh, I helped them both with their college applications. They've both graduated now um, and helped the family get through citizenship process, and it's been a really rewarding time uh, working with them. And because I spent so much time with them in my life the past decade, uh, I just really wanted to to put somebody into this book from that from that group of people I I knew. And um, so that's how Dot P ended up in there. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's great. I think it, especially in a book that's dealing with so much with the English language. Uh, mm-hmm. To to sort of get the perspective of someone for whom that is not their native la- language, um, but yeah. yet still has this love for words and this love for people that they work in this bookshop. Um, right. Again, I just thought I brought a, another layer to the story that um, that I very much enjoyed. Thanks. Uh, in the in the past storyline, um, as that develops, um, like like we've made mention of, um, classic literature plays a, a pretty primary role uh, yeah. in in Robin and uh, Peter's relationship. Uh, d- did you find yourself 
you know, how how did you choose what books uh, mm. Peter was going to give Robin or that Robin was going to be interested in? And uh, you know, did you find yourself, well, I have to go back and read that again now to refresh my oh, memory for the character? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, you know, I was an English major in college, and when I was in high school, I took all the English classes I could. Um, so I've I've read a, I think I've read almost all of the books that are mentioned between them, but not all of them. Like we we were never assigned um, Moby Dick, for instance. So I I never really got around to reading it, but you know enough about it from you know just talking about it and how it's in culture, so you know about it. But there were some that I went back and reread um, because I remembered liking them, and I thought, well, I'd, I wouldn't mind reading these again. Um, so, so yeah, I did. I did read a number of them again, and then I also read some that I'd never gotten around to in school. So you know how you 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 get assigned the same books sometimes a number of times. So between high school and college, I was assigned to read The Great Gatsby five times, and so I don't need to reread that one. <laughs> Um, but other ones that that you don't read as much, sure, I, I picked up again. But I, I really love um, books that are kind of hard. And I think that one of the reasons a lot of people grow up not liking reading is because they're assigned classic books in junior high and high school before they're really ready to read them because they're about things that, you know, you don't have an experience uh, to, to understand, like, why is this significant? Why does anybody care? And then you reread them as adults, and you're like, oh, oh, I get it. <laughs> I get why this is a good book. I can actually understand some of these people's experiences now. Was there uh, was there any surprises in what books you found the characters choosing where you know something came to mind and you're like, oh, I don't know that I would have picked that, but it definitely makes sense in the context of the story? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um I don't know if there were there were any surprises for me, but um, I hope that there might be some interesting things for for the people who are reading the book. So a lot of people love uh, The Catcher in the Rye. Well, I mean that's a lot of high schoolers' favorite book once they read it in high school. I guess because there's some angry high school kid in it, <laughs> and they're all angry high school kids. Um, but you know. Not everybody loves that book, and one of the characters in this book doesn't, and that might surprise people. And maybe it would surprise people um, to to learn some of the things that they do really connect with um, and, and seeing patterns through things. So a lot of the books were assigned, or at least in, when I was younger. I don't know if it's the same now. It probably isn't. Um, but a lot of the books we were assigned were, you know, they're all written by white men. And um, you sometimes get some from women, depending on what uh, class you're in. But a lot of times, if you don't have a conscientious teacher, you won't get anything but dead white men. So um, it's fun to see, you know, some books that are not by them and are also interesting. One of the greatest things about my college time was having, I had a world literature class. It was world literature in English. So it was an English lit class, but it wasn't written by Americans or or British people. It was written by other people in English and lots of people who weren't like me and had very different experiences all over the world. Um, so I, I tried to get a little bit of that in there and sort of an idea of Robin being dissatisfied with just reading these dead white men. So give me some books by women. Give me some books by people who are, are a little more like me. <laughs> uh, poetry also plays quite a big role in the book. Yeah. Um, it's how Robin pays for each book that she gets. 
Um, and obviously, I'm assuming that you wrote all of the poems that are included sure. uh, yeah. in the book. And um, the process of writing a poem is much different than that of writing a novel. Uh, oh, yeah. How did you make that shift in your writing? Did you just come to, like, okay, now there's a poem and you have to, like, you know, shift everything in your head? Um, or did you feel like, you know, insert poem here, keep writing, and then right. I have to go back and figure <laughs> figure that out later and just hope that it works out? Well, I think, if I if I remember correctly, what I, I think what, what I normally did was I had already written a poem about a particular book. So if I reread a book, then I would write the poem when I reread it. Um, or I would, you know, remember what I read from this book and then think, okay, well, how would I write for Faulkner? Well, he's very long-winded, so let's write a haiku um, to, to make it a little bit more interesting. So I would write the poem first, and then uh, as, as the story was developing and I knew which books they were going to share, you know, not, not every book that they share has a poem in it. This isn't a novel that's full of poems, so if you're a little wary of poetry, don't worry. <laughs> um, but I wanted the, the poems to have something very connected to the, the um, moment in time in the narrative I was telling and also in the book that they had been sharing. So I tried to make it um, connect to both of those things. And I think most of the time I wrote the poem first. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, last question for you, and then I'll let you go. Yeah. Um, the now storyline, it's all about this attempt to save Robin's bookstore, and it, it it's because brick-and-mortar bookstores are in the decline, they're struggling, mm -hmm. and that's not a fiction. Um, right. So, I, I feel like, in, in writing about this, that it, it must mean that those independent small bookshops are very important to you. Um, what have what have small bookshops meant to you in your life, and, and how do you think we can keep them alive and thriving into the next generation? Yeah, yeah. One of our favorite places near our house is a small, independently owned bookshop. Um, they have a couple locations in our city, and the one by our house closed a few years ago because the company that owned the building that it was in decided they wanted to raise the rent and they wanted the bookstore to be smaller and all these different things. And they said, well, that's just not going to work, so they closed. And we've really felt the loss of that. And I've spent so much of my time and money in um, both small independent bookstores in towns that you visit, you know, little downtowns, um, but also in used bookstores. I love used bookstores, um, and I love going to library sales and all those things. Um, and... I feel like you find, I mean, you can find bestsellers and, and whatever is hot right now in a in a big box store or online very easily. Um, but to, to look through a smaller bookstore and find something you wouldn't normally find uh, because you didn't know you were looking for it. Like, you actually have to be there physically browsing to, to find those things. And especially when you're talking about used books and um, rare books and antiques and and things like that. So I have a number of stores that I frequent here and around our state um, whenever I'm in those towns. And they're, they're also really supportive, um, I found, as I, as I started becoming an author myself. You know, I'm doing events at these bookstores. I'm signing copies at them. They're really excited to see me, even if I'm not doing an event. Oh, that's great. You're the author. Let's talk and figure out a way that we can support each other. And you don't get that at, you know, a big box store and you certainly don't get it online. Right, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, any time that, that I personally go on vacation or we're in a new city for a day or two, then finding a, a local 
used bookstore and checking that out is always part of the vacation experience for me. Yeah. Well, especially because then you get books from that area, you know, and, and books about that state or wherever you are. Yeah. Um, so in, in closing, then I guess the, the big question is, um, what's next? I mean, I, I know yeah. I need to go back and read uh, We Hope for Better Things, which I think that was your first book. Yeah, that came out in January. So I need to go back and read that. Uh, that was yeah. as I as I closed the pages of the words between us. Um, I was already making a mental note of whenever the to read stat gets low, then there you go. That's the next one. Um, <laughs> whenever that actually happens. Yeah, I don't know when that'll actually happen. If it doesn't happen soon, then I'm going to have to carve out some time for it because I definitely want to go right. back uh, to it. You've you've captured me. You've you've oh, sucked me in. Um, but, but I also want to know what's, what's coming up. What, what do you have sure. next? Well, I am working currently on a, on a book that is, uh, it takes place in northern, well, the, the upper peninsula of Michigan. On the western end, there is a uh, huge state wilderness park called the Porcupine Mountains. And so this is a hiking story, and it involves two sisters who have dealt with um, the loss of their parents in very, very different ways, and they're complete opposites, and they don't get along very well. Uh, but it's it's kind of funny for the reader how they don't get along, maybe not as much for them. And this is a hiking trip gone bad. So almost anything that can happen, that can go wrong on a hiking trip, goes wrong for these sisters. And that's what I'm working on now. That's going to be coming out in January of 2021. Okay. All right, so that's going to be some time then. So I'm going to have to definitely, yeah, definitely go back to. Yeah, you got time in the meantime. Yeah, to yeah, read definitely. Everything. Yeah, okay. So I don't have to like rush or anything. No. Um, but but we'll get there. Uh, well, that sounds great. Um, so again, for those of you listening, the the book is The Words Between Us uh, by Aaron Bartles, and it comes out on September 3rd, and it is available. On Amazon, all those online and big box stores, and probably even some local bookstores if you ask nicely. Um, so, Aaron, <laughs> thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be yeah, on the program you. with us. Um, you are part of the Life of Story relaunch. Uh, this is one of the first episodes uh, we are doing. This is actually the first episode recorded um, in our relaunch of the podcast. Uh, so, congratulations on that. You are the first person uh, that I got to interview in a while and kind of shake my my rust off. Um, so I hope you don't mind. I hope you don't mind me practicing on you. No, um, it went very well. All right. Well, thank again. Thank you so much. Um, and we'll we'll close it out.